Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Pony Express, the flagship podcast of the Post Rider Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Mike Levito, the editor-in-chief of the Post Rider, and I'm joined by Lars Emerson, the Post Rider CEO. What's up, Mike? And by Post Rider contributor and host of the hit podcast, the visitors might be listening, Lewis Ryan. Hey guys, Podcast City, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's microphone city in, in, in the video chat right now. Um we're here to talk about uh the last three episodes, the second half, if you will, of the first season of the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder's I guess you could call it hit HBO series. Um Cult hit? Yeah. I mean certainly a much talked about show. Um and perhaps a bit controversial. We, we talked about the first three episodes, you and I, Lars. Um, we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and now we're going to talk about kind of the rest of the show, which um, was, like, pretty eventful, I would say. Like, for most shows, I don't know that you would necessarily have to... Like, I don't know that it would all necessarily be fit, unless you do, like, an episode-by-episode episode thing. I don't know that they would, be, they would be fit this kind of, like, you know, approach, but I think, uh, I think, I think it, this one does. <laughs> So anyway, let's let's just kind of dive right in and talk about um, season four. Well, I guess uh, since we didn't really hear from you, Lewis, about the show yet, kind of what what were your impressions of like the first three episodes, like real quick, and and what were you expecting going into the, to the to the to the back half of this series? Well, let me start off by saying I think the rehearsal is truly one of the most fascinating things on TV right now, and it's certainly there's certainly no shortage of discussion on the internet about it, but um. I guess when I saw the trailers and the poster, I was expecting something a bit more similar to Nathan for you in the sense that I thought it would be more episodic where it deals with somebody, you know, he helps them out with his rehearsal system every week. And it's just, it's taken such a strange and interesting, very probing turn. And honestly, like, um, like every week I'm always just like, um, like the first, first episode I thought was like hilarious. The second episode I was literally like, holding my hand up to my mouth in, like, horror at, like, what was happening. In the third episode, I thought was, like, one of the most emotionally moving things I had seen on television in, like, so long. So I was, like, very excited to see where um, the episodes were going. And it was definitely, like, a race because I couldn't watch the show live so much. And it was very, like, a very memed show. So I, like, had to watch it as soon as possible in order to, like, not get spoiled on anything. And it's, like, um, every episode there was, like, like four or five moments of just like what the weirdness greatness so many things like a real smorgasbord of stuff to talk about yeah it really was like appointment television like i watched if not like i didn't watch any of the episodes live but like if i didn't watch them like later that friday night or like on saturday or sunday like that's how i watched all of them like it was something i felt like i had to to see partly because it was so memed and there was so much talk on like twitter and social media but also because it because it was very good very fascinating so yeah, let's 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 jump into uh, episode four, the Fielder method, um, which perhaps like one of the more convoluted schemes in 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 Nathan Fielder history. Um, so Nathan has you know decided to co-parent, fake co-parent, the fake child with Angela, the fake child being Adam, and but he also has to recruit and teach actors for his um show 
which means he has to go from rural Oregon, where, where they're filming Angela's thing, to L.A., where he opens up, like, the Fielder Method School, where he basically teaches this group of actors to um, stalk, ingratiate with, and then impersonate just, like, everyday, regular people. What, what do we think of that, like, initially, this kind of, like, move to L.A.? I think I think this is the episode that reminded me the most of Nathan for you, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about in the last episode. Mike was my whole introduction or our introduction to Nathan Fielder and kind of like his shtick. Um, this felt like the most like he is tricking a group of people or he's getting away with something for a group of people. And you know, LA is kind of like a homecoming for him. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. <laughs> It's definitely something well it's like they had to i guess address it at some point it's like what where is he finding all these people uh, to participate in the rehearsal program and yeah like laura said it definitely felt more like in the wheelhouse to like go to la and it felt like new right it sort of felt like breaking away from the uh the fake family in the house in oregon set up to teach us acting class to introduce sort of like how Nathan gets his actors and like what he's like talking to these people about, like when he's instructing these, you know, rehearsals, when he's conducting these rehearsals. But uh, unlike Nathan for you, it takes what seems like a very, very sort of straightforward for like Nathan Fielder concept. Then it just kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. So um, Nathan decides that he much in the way that he's sort of helping people rehearse for their important moments in his life. He decides he basically has to... Well, he doesn't have to rehearse the class so much as he has to experience it as a student. So he hires a whole other crop of actors to play. One to play himself, a couple others to play members of the class, and he chooses one student, um, one who seems like he's having a little trouble picking up on the filter method. He chooses him to play. And the first cut to him, like, in this guy's clothes and, like, with a wig, like, resembling his hair, had me, like, dying laughing. Um... <laughs> And it then spirals into this whole thing where... Um, and he has a fake guy playing himself. Exactly, yeah. Teaching yeah. the class. Yes. And, like, he, he makes him reenact these conversations that he has with the actor. But, of course, Nathan's playing the actor. There's the guy who's playing the guy. Um, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Oh, they, like, get all the students, like... They, he, Nathan has them all pick like a primary mm-hmm. to like embody, and then they like have to go out and like like you said, Mike. It's basically like stalk them, right? Yeah. And then like Nathan arranges for them to have the jobs of the people they stalk. So like if you pick someone <laughs> that's a butcher, you have to be a butcher mm-hmm. for a week, and secu- you have to be a security guard for a week if you picked a security guard. And it's just like <laughs> like one actor says. It's like, but I don't want to work. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they literally are like, so you're asking us to stock these people. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, but so what he ends up doing is he gets, um, Thomas is the name of like the, the student who's having kind of some trouble and who Nathan ends up impersonating himself. He gets him a job at like the Isaibo place. So I guess the, the, guy, the guy that Thomas is... His prime, Thomas's primary. This sounds very sort of like satanic possessiony, um, and we'll get to satanic stuff later on. But um, is also like in a band and like lives with like two other roommates or something, 
So Nathan is able to find, like, a similar living situation for Thomas, which lets Nathan then live in Thomas's apartment. <laughs> um... <laughs> And <laughs> I, I was like dying laughing because he like goes in and well, there's all the Pokemon, first of all. Yes. There's lots <laughs> of big like plush Pokemon toys in Thomas's apartment. But then like after when Nathan's like there on his own and I think it's implied that Thomas doesn't know Nathan's going to be sleeping there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Nathan's like getting in his bed yes. and wearing his clothes. It's so funny. Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I wore what he wore. Like, I slept where he slept. It's like, I used the weapons he used. He's like playing with his nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, he's using his weapons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which he gets access by saying like, oh, I'll help like water your plants or whatever while you're gone. Get your mail. Right, right. Yeah. But then Nathan takes it even a step further and he arranges his own, um, right? He arranges his own like second place to live um yeah he has fake nathan find him a fake apartment with right. two other fake fake roommates yeah replicating the <laughs> apartment situation of the first guy mm-hmm. that thomas was following at the acai shop yeah so nathan is gives the keys to thomas's real apartment to his fake nathan self to live with these two fake <laughs> fake roommates yes it's, it's escher-esque one might say it is um definitely well, it's, it's funny the way that they frame it when it's like because it's like a mirror reflection mm-hmm. when he goes to the new apartment with the fake roommates and like the doritos bag and the That's gator right. are yeah. placed yeah. exactly the same yeah it was like so so involved it, it's very so involved very in depth um you can't say the man doesn't work hard and so yeah but but he also gets to a point too where he's like sitting like he he eventually like does like the first version of the class again and he's kind of like, this is weird. Like, why am I looking at, like, why are there cameras here? Am I going to be on HBO? Am I yeah. going to be on TV? And he kind of, like, reaches this point where he's like, oh, this is, like, an unnatural situation. Of course, these these people are, are uncomfortable. Yeah, you get, like, more into a glimpse of, like, what is actually going on behind the scenes for the people that are curated to be in the class. Exactly. And yeah. It's very strange. Honestly, this is, like, a lot of people were comparing this show to, like, um, the Charlie Kaufman movie Synecdoche, New York, but this episode is like this times like ten because mm-hmm. it like basically shows like a whole movie's worth of like meta, uh, not nonsense, but like just meta tomfoolery into just like thirty minutes where it's like, like just a moment ago when I'm trying to recap everything, it's just like it it boggles the mind and it's like your tongue can't keep up with like trying to explain everything. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to comprehend because um, then eventually Nathan does go back to Oregon. And because of the, the the timing of, like, when they're going to age up the child, um, Adam is now a teenager. Yeah, it's it's really funny when it's, like, because um, he has, like, these mirrors installed in his bathroom, bathroom to, like, digitally make him look older. Yeah. And it's, like, he goes in and it's, like, in the week I was gone, uh, Adam had aged nine years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's now, I believe he's supposed to be, like, um how i wrote it down here he's supposed to be 15 um as opposed to six which i believe is when nathan leaves um and yeah that would make sense that's nine years um and and nathan's like this doesn't feel right like i wasn't doesn't feel like i've been gone for nine years so he and the actor playing adam 
sort of come up with this way this this storyline basically where adam will become <laughs> resentful of nathan as if he were actually out of his life for nine years and finally returning um <laughs> which is uh yeah it's uh so weird and uh yeah so at this point i think it's uh good to remind everyone of what the cold open is with angela talking to nathan while she's making spaghetti and she talks about how she resented <laughs> yeah. her father because he wasn't there and then she you know led to drug what she says is drug addiction and alcohol addiction and because he wasn't around and that sort of reminded me of the previous episode with the gold digger and nathan trying to recreate that experience where it's like nathan kind of does that in a more unintentionally manipulative way with the kid playing 15 year old adam where adam becomes like a you know drug addict because nathan was the absentee father for nine years exactly yeah yeah um and he 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 asks like he he almost goes as far as asking the actor to like find a primary himself um because he's asking him about like if, if he knows anybody who um you know grew up without a father or like does drugs or something and they, they have kind of this conversation um and it all kind of culminates in this like one scene where <laughs> the guy playing adam pretends to have overdosed and it's this sort of like one part terrifying like one part very emotional scene of like adam like not adam excuse me nathan crying like i don't know what to do i don't know what's going on while angela looks on like terrified and then an ambulance comes and and joshua just like runs away yeah did you notice that the ambulance or the paramedic was uh thomas yeah oh i did not notice that i noticed that rewatching. i I think all of the people there are fielder method people yeah no they 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 show up a bunch yeah deep yeah that uh (laughs) yeah that, that that makes a lot of sense um so and they end up like nathan's like driving around town looking for adam and he finds him on like a playground and um well it's like intercut with uh he talks to angela about resetting right adam's age yes nathan decides that he's missed too much of of what was of um missed too much of of adam's growing up so he ends up um uh, yeah, asking, like you said, asking Angela to revert back to six. Angela, Angela's like okay with it, at least initially. And um, so the film, the end of the film, the episode ends with uh, the actor playing Adam, seeing him at the playground, going down like a tunnel slide, and out the other end comes out a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And that's the end of that episode. Which, which leads us into then... Uh, the follow-up uh, episode five apocalyptico um apocalypto apocalypto excuse me which, tapioca yes which <laughs> which is probably where things get the most heated between nathan and angela um it's the, about time because angela of course is this like born again evangelical christian um nathan was raised jewish and i believe i, I believe his exact words are like I, I even do all the holidays and stuff or something like that um yeah, I, I still do all the holidays and stuff. Yeah. And he, he's like, he decides, he's like, well, you know, if, if I were to have a kid, I'd probably want to, you know, raise him Jewish. And he, and yeah, he, well, it's really spurned on by his uh, parents. 
who he invites. Well, to, but uh, he, right, right, but it, but that's part of like he decide. Well, but doesn't he? I believe he talks to Angela first, and he's like, "Hey, would this be okay?" And she's like, "No, I don't want to do that." And then she has a problem with the faith part. Yes, yes, because because Judaism rejects Jesus Christ is is, is is her reasoning, and um, <laughs> but they invite his parents over for like a picnic, um, and. Uh, after, and, and and Nathan's like quoting all these Bible verses to his Jewish parents, um, and then Adam and Angela leave, and he he's has this like you know huddle with his parents about it, and they're like, oh, you know, you should really like assert yourself, and this is kind of like your past relationships where you're letting <laughs> right, right. the other person, like I I'm very curious like what his parents. Like, how when in the joke they are, in a way. Yeah. Like, they must know what he does. But it's just still kind of like a strange, um, a strange thing. It is a very weird situation to have to explain <laughs> to your parents whether they're into it or not. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically what ends up happening is, is that Nathan uh, decides to basically secretly um, bring Adam... Uh, he brings secretly brings him to temple, which he says he had not been to in years because it was so boring. Um, <laughs> all while pretending, I think he has a few excuses, but like the one he uses the most, I believe, is is that he's he's bringing Adam to swimming lessons. Um, so he like he like makes his hair wet and like gives him all these details about. Yeah, he he stopped. They yeah. stop at like a Seven Eleven and buy yeah. a bottle of water and pour it over his head. Yeah, <laughs> and he does like. Like almost like CIA level conditioning with the child. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you were learning the backstroke today. Then you know what the color of the ceiling was. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they get home, and he's just he, and the kids just repeating the details to Angela, like like the lifeguard's whistle was red, just like saying stuff like that directly <laughs> yeah. to her. Um, but then Nathan's like, well, you know, I, I should I should get uh like a sunday school tutor right yeah but even before that i forgot about this part because this is at the beginning i believe the the whole doctor fart thing oh yeah. um where like he's playing with this kid and this kid's like oh i'm doctor fart um and you know they're playing and nathan's like oh how do i get better and he's like you have to eat my poo and they're like what and so they do this bit where he gets like a chocolate bar and um the kid pretends uh to to defecate and then he eats it and then he shows it to angela who is who is not a fan and claims that this is like a satanic thing <laughs> she um, like really freaks out it's, yeah and it also includes, great. it includes my favorite line though where nathan's like it was a riff and i went with it do you know sketch yeah. comedy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she watches key and peel yeah so she knows sketch yeah. comedy but basically yes you're right so nathan finds like a like a judaism tutor and and uh, named miriam and uh you know he's, he's teaching all his kids about judaism it's in in the rehearsals timeline it is like uh holiday season so they're like secretly celebrating hanukkah in the basement and stuff um yeah where he keeps his cats did you notice that yes i did i did notice the cats um this also also at some point in this episode um Nathan, who has transported, like, the replica alligator lounge um, to mm. Oregon, like, gets, like, a special liquor license and creates, like, this giant hallway out to the street <laughs> and creates Nate's Lizard Lounge. 
and pretends to like on the bar which sounds fun like i'd love to yeah it does sound fun yeah so i was uh listening to the last uh episode where you guys were talking about the first half of the season and i i noticed that lars was talking a lot about like the supposed budget for this show and how it seemed like you know they just had an inexhaustible amount of money but then you know i noticed in this half of the season there seemed to be an undercurrent of like we need to scrimp and save so i'm wondering if that had something to do with like nate uh nathan launching nate's lizard lounge (laughs) yeah it's a hot spot i uh, what i was wondering is how did no one see them transporting this giant bar across the country like i keep waiting for something like that to show up on twitter they definitely disassembled it but how put you put in a truck i i I, that's that's what they do with sets and stuff Mm -hmm. i just feel like it would have stood out yeah i mean like uh, they have those trucks that you know they have houses you know yeah. on the flatbed so yeah. i mean it wouldn't have been any more notable than that you I know, know for I someone know. to take a picture and be like wow nathan fielder the hottest person in hollywood <laughs> <laughs> click they wouldn't have known yeah like i feel like you have to be like a very specific time and place to be like oh i know that bar why is it in the middle of like iowa right now right like you would have to um there's yeah. like a lot of things that have to go right for you to like recognize that would that was something very unusual outside yeah. of just being like oh hey look wild it's a house like i've seen that like once or twice in my life um, <laughs> part of a big budget production is you know transportation and storage you know unless you're netflix and then you just have people stay in a hotel room with 12 suitcases <laughs> right, yeah so why, why the teamsters are, are still rolling in it um anyway um so yes, they're they're doing this kind of secret Hanukkah thing, and then eventually, um, Nathan tells Miriam about sort of the, the strife between he and Angela. Yeah, their their excuses for why <laughs> they both go to the bathroom and then Adam comes out soaking wet. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, he's I'm like, oh, he like slipped in the shower and then it turned on and all this stuff. Um, so Miriam, Miriam decides to kind of, like, help confront uh, Angela. Angela about her reluctance to, to introduce Judaism into the home. And at least this kind of face-off between Miriam and Angela. Um, Miriam I, like the mo- I, like, I like the moment right before when Nathan's like, do you want to rehearse it? And she's just like, I like to shoot from the hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it is, like... It, it is like the biggest refutation of uh, the, the the whole show's concept right there, basically. Um, and Miriam gets to this point where she calls Angela an anti-Semite and, and all this stuff. Um, the, the reason the episode's called Apocalypto is because there's a very awkward dinner between Nathan and Angela where they're, they're discussing this, and then Nathan's like, oh, well, let's change the subject. And he asks her what her favorite movie is, and she says Apocalypto. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. But, like, uh, Mel Gibson, he, <laughs> yeah. said, uh, he, he's, he said some stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway. Um, yeah, we haven't even talked about fake Angela. That's right. We haven't talked about fake Angela. Um, who is one of the, in one of the kids from, uh, or kids, one of the people from the Fielder Method episode. He brings on to play Angela in order yes. to rehearse arguments about incorporating judaism into adam's life 
Yes, and I, I believe I texted Lars about this. It's like the first time they cut to her, I like jumped out of my skin. Like there was just something, <laughs> yeah. there's just something so eerie seeing somebody do this like pitch perfect imitation of like somebody you've been watching like an hour and a half of, and then all like of a sudden it's like Uncanny Valley. Exactly. Yes, it's yeah, it's very it was unsettling. Terrifying. terrifying. Um, but she's she's incredible. She gives a great performance, um, and it leads to this sort of like. Uh, this moment where I honestly thought it was going to end in a kiss, which is where yeah. um, they get into this, this art. They, they kind of like, they're arguing, they stand up, they kind of back up into this room and fake Angela's like, Oh, is like, is my life the joke? Like, is, am I the joke? Like, and she's kind of like talking about, you know, she's not just talking about sort of like the religion aspect. She's talking about the whole like concept of the show basically. And she says like, are you, are you trying to feel something? Well, guess what? You never will. Which um, affects Nathan deeply, or at least the character of Nathan deeply. <laughs> um, and they're like, it's like the emotions are very intense. They're like right near each other. Like, I, I honestly th- I thought they were going to end up kissing. It was very weird. Um, Wrong. Uh, you wish. Wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, she, fake Angela, obviously the, the breakout star of this episode. Um uh, but basically, eventually, um, Nathan ends up reviewing some of the footage of Angela's stay, and he's like, yeah, I realize that she's not taking the rehearsal very seriously, like, she's talking to the the Adams out of character. And Nathan sits down for him, and he's like, hey, you know, um, what, uh, he, he, he tries, like, he's like, he doesn't seem like very committed to all this stuff, and she just says, well, you know, I, um, I was wanted to do this until eighteen, and then you reversed it back to six, and and all this stuff, and um, you know, it just seems like it, it's kind of like the end of the road. So they decide they decide to part their ways, um, which means Nathan is now a, a single parent, um, and so he brings Miriam over for a Hanukkah party, um, and the episode ends with Miriam telling him he has a platform and should therefore defend Israel, um, <laughs> yeah. vocally support Israel, yeah, yeah. Which kind of, like, flips the script a little bit, I guess, on sort of the way Nathan uses, like, Angela's religion as um, a bit of, like, a... I don't want to say spectacle, but as, like, a, you know, a bit. In, an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but there were a whole bunch of people who, I guess, were live-tweeting the episode who were, like, big Miriam supporters. And then yes. 15 yes. minutes later, <laughs> they all sent a second tweet. We were like, Miriam, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she was saying stuff like, you know, oh, you know, like the the government told those people that like they were going to be dropping bombs on those <laughs> yeah. buildings. They could have left if they wanted to, things like that. Um, yeah, so uh, that that's more or less the end end of the Angela saga. Uh, anything else to add about about these two episodes before we move on to to the big one? Well, I did want to mention because um. You know, since I am the only Jewish person here, I really enjoyed this episode focusing on Judaism because I feel like people there's been a lot of small mentions of like Nathan's Judaism this season. And I've seen a lot of people try to, you know, argue or make a thesis that the rehearsal is a very Jewish show. And I and I agree with it in uh, some respects. So it was nice to see Judaism explored. And um, I I really enjoyed it because I do feel like there is like an undercurrent of like um jewish themes in the show and like the interrogation of like ethics and like 
what what we do, what we learn from each other and stuff like that. I have a follow up. Mike, how did you feel about the exploration of Christianity in the show? Oh, well, I, it's, I don't know, with, 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 I mean, no, like, I'm not going to lie, like, there, no, there were, there were moments where it's, like, I do feel, like, a little bit, like, there are moments where, um, like, the moment, I think the first episode of Angel where she's just, like, praying, like, oh, like, asking God to guide the production, I'm like, this feels, like, a little mean, but, I mean, as it plays out, she's, like, insane, obviously, right? It's, like, you know, uh, the whole, whole, like, thinking Halloween's satanic. She, yeah. She's so uh, insane, she's sane, Mike. <laughs> right, yeah. And also, just, like, you know, she comes from, like, a version of Christianity that, like, when it comes down to it, like, they hate Catholics, too, probably, so I, I don't feel quite as bad. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's the religion is more about the exclusion. Right, yeah, yeah. Like she definitely probably thinks that Catholics like worship statues, which is a thing I've, I've yeah, been told. like um, <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah, and the thing where it's like it's like what are, what are really the difference the differences between like Judaism and Christianity? It's like they're both basically similar, mm-hmm. fairly, and so it's like it's just like it like angers up the blood when Angela just refuses <laughs> to incorporate it at all, like like yeah well into it it's not like and it's not like they're doing things that are like no we are like directly saying jesus was like not the messiah right it's like um you know at least to my knowledge but it's like you know they're just like we just want to like celebrate hanukkah and she's like no can't happen it's evil let's just say it's evil but she um, implies it it includes fire you know which is the tool of the devil (laughs) i guess so um even though God appeared as a burning bush, but, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, all right. Um, Very so relatable yeah. portrayal of Judaism. Because <laughs> I, like Nathan, found the high holidays in Temple very boring. <laughs> yeah, that that was the reaction I saw on Twitter from a few Jewish people. It was like, oh, yeah, like, I like yes, the, the it's, it's boring thing seemed to... Uh... Like, I'm more Jewish in the... Uh, uh, Seinfeld watching Fiddler on the Roof enjoying <laughs> sense than I am in the uh, religious Old Testament sense. Right, right. Which I think um, everyone everyone likes much better. So that uh, that's that's those two episodes. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll we'll come back to talk about the uh, explosive season finale. Last year on the visitors might be listening. We talked about one of the all time sci fi classics. But this year the visitors are taking on a classic in the making. The alternate history series for all mankind about the NASA astronauts who are caught up in a never-ending space race. Join us as we take a look at this thrilling adventure set in a world where the Russians beat us to the moon and the United States space program scrambles to keep up. We'll be diving deep into our favorite characters, episodes, and storylines, as well as the tweaks to world history made throughout the show. So stay tuned for Season 2 of The Visitors Might Be Listening, found on thepostwriter.com and wherever else you get your podcasts. All right, and we're, we're back uh, to talk more rehearsals, specifically right now, the episode Pretend Daddy. So, as we've established, uh, Nathan is now a single parent. <laughs> He's a single father. <laughs> um, and we, we've gotten to the point where, where six-year-old Adam has now become nine-year-old Adam. But um, there uh, is a bit of an issue with well, the, it's interesting because the Judaism thing is addressed like very briefly. I don't remember if this is the the child actor Remy's 
parents, but like one of the parents is like, yeah, this is like, yeah, my son is now like saying we're Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then there's the the part where Nathan has to explain how he's not really Jewish and that Jews are evil and that Nathan's gonna burn in hell. Yeah, (laughs) for all eternity. Have have a little self reflection if you are the parent of a child actor, like. Really? Well, I, I, I think that's the point of this episode. And, yeah. like, it's a thread that I think runs through a lot of Nathan Phil's work, certainly in, like, a couple of episodes of Nathan for you as well. Um, yeah, there are a couple of moments that uh, I wanted to bring up as, like, clearly, like, Nathan is, like, uh, playing it up. Because, like, this felt like a very uh, Sasha Baron Cohen-y type of thing for him to do. Like, say, like, oh, I'm a Jew and I'm going to burn in hell and stuff. It's, like, obviously he's just doing that to provoke a reaction out of the parents and yeah. um, and it's also like just spiritually incorrect because like Jews don't believe in hell; they just believe in like you go to a waiting room and then you go to heaven after an indeterminate amount of time. So it's like obviously he's playing it up for like yeah. the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there is uh, one singular sensation. <laughs> Every little move she makes. Da, 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 da. I got a text message in the message. That's why I paused. Um, there, there's one child actor named Remy who played Adam at six years old, um, and his mother contacts Nathan and says, hey, you know, um, you know, Remy's father's not in his life, and, and he's still calling you daddy, right? He still talks about you. Um, and so there is, uh, this kind of awkward bit where Nathan has to go to Remy and, and tell him that he's, he's, he's not his father, he's Nathan, and... Um, kind of try and resolve this, um, I guess, odd form of, like, separation anxiety that Remy's developed. And I think this is really what a lot of people... um, This disturbed, I think, a lot of people. Well, and before that, Nathan does go out of his way to say, so Remy is the one who plays the kid in the Dr. Fart sketch. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And and Nathan goes out of his way to say that he got particularly close with this child actor throughout the rehearsal mm. who is like pretty adorable i mean they do the whole like dinosaur thing and he wouldn't have got the job him. mike if he wasn't adorable <laughs> sure um but he's clearly like enjoying himself this kid yeah um and <laughs> so, yeah um so Nathan... yes it, it made it made a lot of people online very uncomfortable like the first thing i saw in reaction to this episode where Alan Sepinwall just tweeted, I did not like this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So I presume people that like have kids, you know, or, you know, fathers and mothers and whatnot have children that I presume they would have a much stronger reaction to this episode than uh, any of the three of us. Yes. Three childless dudes. I I would say so. (laughs) Um, So what happens is, is Nathan decides like, Oh, like how do I, um, you know, kind of what, what, how, how could I, how could I avoid this, right? And so he, he tries to, to replicate these scenes, these like play scenes, initially with the nine year old actor, um, whose name is Liam, I believe. Um, and then, no, well, with a, it's, there, it's like his, his initial approach is to do that with the nine, nine year old and act like <laughs> yeah. weirdly cold and distant. Yes. Where it's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to hug me. It's like, call me Nathan. It's like, Daddy, can you read me a bedtime story? It's like, 
uh, aren't you old enough to read your own? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but like like he says, like it's ultimately like Nathan gives in and reads a bedtime story anyway because it feels like too weird to be that cold to a yes. child. And so he's like, well, what if if I did it with an adult instead? Yeah. Would that uh, would that change things? Which leads to this very bizarre, <laughs> so <laughs> uncomfortable. Where an adult is acting like a six-year-old. Yeah, this is <laughs> so weird. This was another thing where uh, I wanted to bring up is like where it's like clearly like Nathan's like egging egging us on because it's like there's no way that Nathan believes this is anything other than a forty-year-old man pretending. Like they're both like acting, right? Like I'm not buying that Nathan's, you know, dumb enough to believe that uh but I, oh, it is yeah. like very hilarious like he's like cradling like a 40 year old man <laughs> yeah. and it's like he's tucking him into bed and his voiceover is like something about this was becoming a little bit unsettling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and then he goes i couldn't help but think i was living with a fully grown man and then it cuts to the to the guy in full costume like vaping in the yeah. front yard <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then he also tries it with a mannequin, which is also very. <laughs> He's like cackling like a maniac, dragging it around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like twisting its arms and like head and stuff. Um, so, very, uh, very strange. But, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, funny. Like, this is obviously he's not like genuinely trying to like rehearse like he's just like this is clearly yeah. for nathan for nathan like is like overly smiling which makes me believe he's like corpsing like knowing yeah. how like funny this is yeah um and so then he he meets with angela like one more time and they have, have this kind of like uh he apologized to her um and uh well, well he thinks angela like shows up one more time right yeah, he thinks that part of the problem with Remy becoming too attached is that Angela wasn't there. Right. So that Adam, you know, quote unquote, Remy Adam would, you know, realize that this is not his real mom. So therefore, this is not right. his real father. So mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he arranges to have a conversation with Angela and uh, mm. sort of apologizes. Yes. And they get into this conversation about like the mathematics of how many times you're biblically supposed to apologize forgive somebody um <laughs> sorry so that kind of puts a cap on that um and so eventually there, there comes a point where, where nathan visits remy and his mother again um with mother, liam with yeah with liam and like liam and and, and remy are playing and nathan's <laughs> amazed at how real the home is and it's like they focus on this one nine volt battery on like a like a like a counter like Mm -hmm. oh my god everything is like here on purpose but also not um and then once they're done they they get out and nathan goes to liam he's like you get enough and (laughs) and liam's like yep and it turns out that what they were doing was uh getting to know their primary so liam now plays remy and nathan uh now plays the mother (laughs) Uh, which involves him wearing, uh, you know, women's clothes, painting um, his nails, painting his nails, wearing lipstick, like even imitating like the tattoos that she has. Um, again, and, and also the the aging mirror is now like like a gender swapping mirror. Um, now it adds like long hair to him. <laughs> um, 
and and basically they, they they just recreate this is another kind of like almost like the fielder method episode it, it there's this more kind of like uh they like recreate the whole experience of like remy auditioning to be on the show and then going yeah. through the whole process of being on the show and becoming overly mm-hmm. attached to nathan right and and it kind of culminates with obviously they're in like a replica of remy's home and there's a scene where where liam as remy is still like sad um and so then nathan as remy's mother has to console him and is making this sort of like oh i'll always be here for you like it's okay to feel blah 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 and at the end he goes you know because because i'm your daddy and and liam as remy goes wait aren't you supposed to be my mom and nathan's like you know no he's satisfied he's like oh i finally like been able to connect with a child um but like this also this scene also includes the 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 like line where he's like this was like a pretty weird thing to do to a six-year-old right like while he's playing the mother which i feel like is just like again another sort of like him trying to be like child acting i don't approve of it even though he still uses it a lot um so yeah any thoughts about the way this ended i liked it i i thought it was was a uh a sentimental and powerful ending in a show where I really didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew I, ex- I expected something like it, but it genuinely caught me off guard. Just how like there was that like moment he clicked back into himself. Um, that it was, it, there was like a little bit of a chill there. I got a little chills. Uh, I mean, I, I liked the idea of this on paper. I was kind of ultimately underwhelmed by this last episode um but you know i like the idea of like nathan having that reaction but i wasn't convinced that it was entirely genuine so that kind of took me out of it but uh, i like the idea of it on paper yeah i agree i i I assume it was like i would be curious like how much of that last speech he gives is like scripted and it it does like talking about it now it does kind of like make you i don't know if reconsider is the right word but it's like He's clearly, like, a, um, I want to say, like, a bad actor, not in, like, the thespian sense, but in the sort of, like, uh, um, motivation sense. But it's, like, I I guess it it makes you think about, I guess, like, how much of what he's doing is genuine and how much of it is he's, like, trying to engineer these situations to get a laugh. Yeah. Well, it's like what I was saying before. It's, like, I just think Nathan is, like, too smart sometimes to, like, really believe that, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not aware of, like, what he's saying and doing at all times. I right. find it very hard to convince me, you know, at certain points in the show. I would agree, yeah. And and that's where I kind of get, like, like Richard Brody wrote this whole piece for the, about, for the New Yorker about it, where he very much did not like the show and thinks it's just kind of, like, Nathan satisfying his own ego by creating these, like, elaborate situations. And it's like, I don't agree with that, like, but I, I, I can see where someone would, like, come to that conclusion, I think, based on the conclusion of the show. But, you know, and it was, like, a little anticlimactic, but but I, I thought it was all right in general. Mike, I wanted to ask you, because I noticed this both times I watched the episode. It's, like, the use of music in, like, the mm. last ten minutes. They employ, like, this very, like, droning, almost, like, David Fincher-esque audio that really, like, took me out of it. Because it just feels like... I just thought the music wasn't very good. They had, like, a music bed underplaying it. It just I... uh, felt weird. I have a comparison that neither of you are going to like. <laughs> the, okay. I, what it reminded me of is the last episode of Twin Peaks is the Return, 
where there's this sudden moment where it's like, what? What year is it? And then it just like goes to black. Mm-hmm. It reminded it was that guy, that same kind of vibe, and I think that's why it gave me a little bit of a chills. Is there was all of a sudden this like very dramatic like character turn and like shocking, like no, like the entire script was just stopped and he said no, and then it like mm-hmm. goes to black. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, no, I I can see that. Um, I mean, I agree with you. It's just um, what was I trying to say? I just I it it was I just was underwhelmed. I, maybe it was my own expectations for like going into the last episode. Um, I was just kind of underwhelmed. Uh, I thought like a lot of the stuff, you know, I just <laughs> I was kind of depressed. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff, the stuff with with like Remy or just like like what was it's just kind of a, a downbeat note to end the show on. Mm-hmm. And part of me is thinking about the. Um, to quote Abed from Community is that, you know, mm-hmm. when you film documentary style, you ultimately get to s- decide what the ending is. And right. it's like how, you know, this, this did this seem to arise and Nathan thought he could, uh, you know, capitalize on the opportunity for an ending. How much of that was thought about beforehand? You know, was the, you know, was, was, were they expecting something else to be the ending and this is what they had to cobble together? I don't know. But um, no, I agree with you, Lars. It is very similar to the the last uh, Twin Peaks episode. It's kind of it has that uh, melancholy feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I would agree. And it is like, yeah, you know, I guess the big question is how do you end a show like this? Um, so the rehearsal has been renewed for season two. Um, and I guess it can kind of transition us into our discussion of like what we think is next. But it's like. In a way, this ending, I feel like, was kind of designed for both scenarios, where it's like, like this. if, if, you, if you were just going to make this, like, a six-episode event, like, this is, like, a an ending that makes sense, right? Mm. It's like, you don't have to revisit it. It does make me wonder, um, you know, what, uh, what, 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 what else they can possibly do with this concept. One idea I had was that it's, like, Nathan is like helping someone who's considering going to therapy and like Nathan becomes like the therapist or he hires someone to like play a therapist. And then, you know, you can imagine that going wrong in a whole bunch of different directions. Um, <laughs> kind of building off this episode, like the, the gender bending at the end, like mm. some more stuff with that. Um, uh, I, I think I'm forgetting one, so I don't know if you guys had any others to throw out. I don't know. So I, I want to go back to something you said initially, Lewis, where you kind of, when you were talking about the whole season, and you thought it was going to be way more episodic, I yeah. kind of wish... There is part of me that wishes it stuck to that, or that it would go back to that, at least. I just think it lends more easily to like a refreshing change of pace, and it's just a little less serious um and you get to introduce like way like half the fun of the show and half the reason people talk about the show is because of these weird freaking people in the world right and nathan fielder just excels at like magnetizing them and i think if you go to more of an episodic format you uh it reveals more of those people yeah no i agree i i i hope that season two is like goes off in a completely different direction and we sort of leave the house in oregon behind yeah yeah i think you would have to and it's like i don't know it's i 
I do almost want, because, you know, you were talking about, like, I think the genius of Nathan for you is that he presents people with these, like, insane situations and these insane ideas, and then he, like, <clears throat> you know, he, he part of, part of the, the entertainment is, like, watching, seeing what he comes up with and watching it play out and then also seeing their reactions, and so this the rehearsal in comparison i feel like is very nathan heavy in that he's the center of it um and i do wonder if like a uh a second season he'll like be a little bit more in the background in the sense of like he doesn't try to like insert his own personal journey into what's going on because i don't know where else he could really go with that like he like i don't know what else like like he nathan the character can go with that i guess Mm. anyway um it, it, any other thoughts on, on the future of this show on the last episode or, or should we call this a wrap well i'm just surprised that it, it, it they are coming back for a second season honestly yeah not due to anything financially but just well i mean I, there is a whole bunch of stuff going on with uh warner media and discovery right now so um that is part of it but also uh that it's coming back because it felt very much like a one season miniseries kind of concept but uh, i don't know i guess we'll see I, I like when Nathan Fielder's on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I do. He's like, to me, Nathan is like the Werner Herzog of television or TV comedy in that it's like he, you know, he inserts himself into his projects and he's just like, he's like the only way you can like describe like the theme of his like work is just like what human beings are like capable of. And it's just like mm-hmm. all these insane things that are like happening on your screen right now and everyone just like, like, all the crew people are just, like, helping, like, this insane man, like, do all these weird things. All these weird people are just, like, doing all this stuff on camera. And it's just, like, truly mind-boggling and fascinating to watch. Yeah. it that, What you were just describing, like, the other people involved with it made me think of when, um... Because when, when Nathan's, like, playing Remy's mom, it's like they bring back fake Nathan. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and they're watching, like, what's going on on the monitors... And the person who is either playing, like, a person who works for Nathan or is, like, actually someone who works for Nathan just goes, like, kind of a weird guy, right? And it's, like, (laughs) you know, I I almost, you know, how scripted... I I guess it is scripted because, like, er, Nathan's, like, in that scene. Um, Yeah, it's just, like, her talking to Nathan, so... Right, yeah, yeah. Um, But (laughs) the last thing I forgot to point out was the actors who couldn't talk in the birthday scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you skipped over that. That was another part of my... uh, they needed to scrimp and save in the back half of this season. Yeah, because they they hire them as like extras and not like scripted actors. I forgot about that. The beginning of the last episode, he has a birthday party for Adam, and none of the the actors there can talk because that changes the rates they're paid. Um, <clears throat> and Michelangelo else was there. Who was? Michelangelo. Oh, that's right. Yes, the the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yes, he hires a Michelangelo to come. Um, anything else I forgot that that we wanted to address? Uh, should we talk about like the discourse again? We can. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Do we think? Did the last episode make make our make us think about our, our thoughts change about the ethics of this? Or are we still like sort of? Because Lars and I, you, we were kind of like guilt free by the end of like our first discussion. But, but do, we, do we still feel that way? Yes, I think this is a greater good in Nathan Fielder's lifelong quest to end child acting. Yeah, a lot of this this season reminded me a lot of um, Sasha Baron Cohen's masterpiece, Bruno, 
and that it addresses a, a bit of the same themes and like one of them is like child acting um in case everyone forgot there's a scene in bruno when he's like talking to the parents of child actors and he's like describing like the horrible things he's gonna make their children do and they're all just like okay yep that's fine with me and it's just uh a lot of that is like similar to this when it's like you know i think it's it's the blame should really fall more on the parents i think for being more discriminating because like when you're on a the crew of an hbo show in particular it's like they you know very take very great care to like make sure that kids are well taken care of and stuff you know for the most part um and speaking from personal experience because i've worked a bit on like filmmaking short films and stuff i'm always very uncomfortable around child actors um now i know some people who like aren't <laughs> But it is, it is just, like, weird that it's, like, to bring in a little kid for an audition. And it's, like, the parents always there, you know, and coordinating through the child. For the child. It's just, it's it's a very weird thing to wrap your head around. And ultimately, you can't, like, you know, parent the child for them. So you just have to be, like, all right, you know, I guess we need a kid for this movie. So, you know, if you can bring them, please. Thank you. It's just very weird. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree. I um like yeah, I still I still feel very little sympathy for like the the adults who sign up to be on the show because they're adults they know what they're doing. Um I don't you you um my internet was acting up when you were talking Louis, so I don't know if you brought this up, but like I think I I might have mentioned this in, in the first episode we talked about this in. But um you know, the whole thing reminds me of the, the like hotel pod episode of Nathan for you. Mm-hmm um did i talk about this in the last episode yeah Yeah, you did yeah um we're like nathan's clearly like demonstrating like that these the parents are sort of like you know willing to put their child in this very kind of one would think harmful situation um and, and i think clearly the message there is that he thinks there's something wrong with um that um so i think there's an issue there but at the same time like there was part of me that's like yeah this is kind of like it all <laughs> there there was part <laughs> i don't know it does almost feel like you're being like i'm going to demonstrate to you why you should wear a seatbelt, and then ramming your car into somebody who ramming your car into the car of somebody who's not wearing a seatbelt. you know what i mean is this kind of like inherently destructive act where it's like it still feels like there's like some kind of harm being done um in demonstrating how harmful something is so i think yeah. there's like a weird ethical dilemma there but i don't um, hopefully Remy is okay, and, and I, I have faith that he will be okay. Yeah. But I could certainly see why it would make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But one thing I think no one's talking about is that, isn't Remy kind of dumb? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Nathan's calling him Adam all the time. Yeah. It's like, why isn't he like, my name's not Adam? Like, shouldn't he understand? I don't know. <laughs> one, one, one would think. Um, one would think, but... I, know, I would I like to bring up one other thing. Yes. Since uh, this is a sequel episode, you, you, Mike, I would like to point out to you that your prediction for the last episode, yeah, yeah. where this is all a rehearse, giant rehearsal, everything is fake, that was completely wrong. And I just want to say that, like, two points. One, it's like you complain about, like, people, like, grandstanding and being vainglorious or wanting to appear on camera. 
Whereas on your podcast, where you ostensibly <laughs> promote yourself and you condemn people for having crackpot theories, you yourself had the wildest, most outlandish <laughs> crackpot theory for this season of television I have ever heard. And so to you, sir, I say you were wrong. You were wrong, Mike. <laughs> this is true. Um, but there's still going to be a second season. Both seasons could be a rehearsal. We don't know. Whoa. Like. What what if what if the next season is just like repeating these episodes, like what if this was a rehearsal for the second season? That's that's quite a leap. <laughs> C- continue digging the hole, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, I made an outlandish prediction. <laughs> Sorry, I was having fun on a podcast with my friend. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. But yes, you're right. I was wrong. I'll own my wrongness. Um, not not as wrong as the people on Twitter who are like, oh, all of these people are actors. Obviously, every single thing of this is fake. Because I, feel like I mean, like, kinds. they were kind of right. Like, most of the people are actors. <laughs> so I don't really know what what more they wanted. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. But I think people are thinking, like, Angela and Robin are actors. Um, mm. Which uh, I, I don't believe they are. Um Anyway, um, anything else? Anything else about the rehearsal? In uh, one thing that happened when I was reading the credits is that every like show or movie has like a DGA trainee, which is like mm-hmm. a, the Directors Guild of America. They always assign a trainee to like learn underneath the director. And so I was just like saw that there was one for the rehearsal. And I'm like, what could they possibly be learning from this experience? <laughs> like, what are they thinking? It's just like learning from nathan about everything that's going on i'm just like what is their life like what do they think is going on well if, if you're if you're listening and you're out there and you hear this podcast please give us a call we'd love to discuss your experience 1-800-p-o-s-t-r-i-d-e-r you bought that number right Lars? That, uh yeah yeah for sure yeah um but i, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Pony Express. Um, thanks for joining me, guys, and thank you to the audience for listening. Uh, you can find me on the Post Rider, where you can read everything I write. You can also find me on Twitter at mlevito and Letterboxd at Ameramike. I'm Lars Emerson. You can find me on Letterboxd at Lars Emerson and follow the Post Rider on Twitter at the Post Rider. I'm Lewis Ryan. You can find articles I write for the Post Rider as well as podcasts i do on the postwriter.com i'm on twitter at the lewis ryan as well as letterbox i worked on mystery science theater 3000 this season and episodes are available now on the gizmoplex.com for as little as five dollars to rent so check those out everybody yes please do watch uh lewis's hard work on that show and uh yeah you can find the pony express on the postgrader.com and anywhere podcasts can be found please like rate email us at contact at the postwriter.com. Let us know what you thought of the rehearsal. Did it go too far? Did it not go far enough? Um, and were you the DGA trainee? We'd like to hear from you too. Um, thanks so much. And until next time, see ya.